I, I do want to just make sure we understand our goal is not to have a glorious experience of worship. We don't want to merely experience worship. We want to truly encounter God. You know, there, there's this place where in the world we live in, there's a disconnect and some people just watch worship. Other people really appreciate and enjoy worship. But then there's a level of encountering God that's beyond enjoying the atmosphere of worship. It's exploring and experiencing something of a deeper nature. You know, Jesus, Jesus actually chastised the Pharisees. And he said, you know what's going on in the natural? You're, you can judge the, the weather, and, but you don't know what the Father is doing in this moment in time. And what he's saying is we, as the sons and daughters of God on the earth, should have a sense of discernment of what God is doing every moment in time, regardless of what we see with our natural eyes. There is something taking place in the spiritual realm, and you and I are a part of that. You and I are contributors to that. Our song speaks to that. Our shout speaks to that. The clapping of our hands speaks to that. The existence of our lives speaks to that. In Him we live and move and have our being. So, Lord, lead us into that. Take us deeper. I pray that we would discern this moment in time what you're doing, what you're desiring. We surrender our hearts to you. We invite you, Lord, come and be the center of all of our attention in everything that we do as a result of gathering in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. I just want to focus in on that idea as we just continue into where the Lord's taking us deeper in His Word. I want you to think about it. We don't want to merely experience worship. We want to learn to encounter God. So why don't you just be seated, fully understanding you will all be taught by God. All your children will be taught by God. Just an amazing reality that God doesn't want us to embrace religious behaviors he wants us to experience the spirit of god something translates transacts on the inside and it begins to affect everything around us god awakens things within us to transform the world around us god awakens things within us to transform the world around us i had a conversation with somebody right before the service who now a matter of months ago began to pray uh, for his children and adult children who live out of state, just asking the Lord, draw their hearts to you and bring them back to me. And in the matter now of just a few months, all three of his sons have now uh, reached out and they're all coming back and God's doing a miracle in that situation. Come on, the power of prayer. <laughs> the power of prayer. And I just want to say it's really important right now that we're taking up arms in prayer there's something unique that is going on and god is trying to get our attention so i'm so glad for uh all of you here in person i'm uh, glad for our online family as we just press in and go deeper i'm believing that we will truly encounter the lord in the way we walk this out with him uh, I, you know, we, we, we celebrate the pursuit of God's word together as a family. And one of the things that we really challenge people to is turn the page. And it's where you get one of these kind of Bibles that you can hold in your hand and not just read the digital version. 
I'll, I'll use my phone. I'm not against the digital element, but there's something about having a legacy uh, that I can hand to the next generation that they will hold in their hands. And I mean, imagine if three generations before you, your great, great, great grandfather or grandmother gave a Bible that they journaled in to that generation before you were ever born, and it was handed to you one day. You understand that would impact your faith, that would draw you into an understanding of the legacy of Jesus Christ that God has entrusted to your family's care. And so we just want to awaken that. And, and, and there is there something, I, I, don't, I don't know why it's become so central to what God's called us to do and the way we get in the Word, but it really has. And the Lord just blesses it. It's just amazing. Um, I'm, I'm coming to the realization as I'm reading, I was sharing with last night, Tracy and the girls, and I just took some time as a family just to pray, pray into the weekend, pray for Ukraine and, and for different things that were on our hearts. And I just began to share with them that this weekend for Fuel the Fire, you know, we're, we're, this is not the only Fuel the Fire that happens in the course of the year. We, we do these every month. It's just that this is the only one that'll happen in the United States. And the focus for this entire year is found in Isaiah 22, and it speaks of the key of David being placed on the shoulder of the servant of the king. And it's some phenomenal revelation, and we're going to really explore that deeper. But what just blew me away was I came to the realization, tomorrow on Monday is my day to pray into the weekend to come. And so those of you who are part of the community group leaders or different leadership structures in the church, you know I send out my notes for Sunday on Monday every single week. And so tomorrow will be my day to intentionally engage and pray into the weekend. And I realized when I'm doing my turn the page that I have been in Isaiah now for a few days. And it just so happens that tomorrow I land in the very chapter with the very verse that's the theme for the weekend to come that I'll be praying into. I mean, I, I just want to say... How many of you know with God, coincident, the matter incident of coincidence really starts to increase? <laughs> like you, somebody's on your heart and you start to have a conversation with them and it's like something resonates in them because God had been speaking to them. That, those types of coincidences happen more and more when we learn to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And I just, I, this is a very significant moment in time for the church. There is a window of heaven that is seemingly open. Are you ready to step into more? I mean, I'm not just up here trying to be your cheerleader. I'm trying to walk this thing out where we're actually discerning the times and what God is doing. The, the story I shared a moment ago, those are not the only sons and daughters that are coming back to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you, your family, they're going to begin to walk in the ways of God and you don't understand or see it now, but it's coming in Jesus' mighty name. We can believe God and not just, you know, just distantly hope, but actually engage in an attitude of faith and pray the prayer of agreement. <clears throat> so let's do, let's believe for that as we walk that out, just that the encounter will increase and go up. Um, part of what our family last night, Lexi just began to share, she knows one of the seven points of prayer that I keep talking about and that I reference that I pray daily is that conversations will become confirmations that God is speaking to us all. And uh, Lexi, this last week, 
had a situation where she was going into a, a conversation, an interaction, and she felt like that before she ever went, the Lord was giving her all this direction, like information in her heart. And so she had thought it through and, and kind of prepared it in her mind. And when she got into that interaction, there were the question, the, she was asked specific questions that she had formulated the answers to before the question ever came. Like it was the specific questions that she felt like the Lord was telling her to prepare for, not even really realizing that's what was happening. How many of you want to encounter God on a deeper level? I'm just telling you, that's the nature of the season that we are entering into. And so begin to just expect that as we sort through what God is revealing in the midst of all of this. There is just... Um, you know, we're, we're, it's interesting, we've gone back to rehearse some of what the Lord was revealing before COVID swept through the nations of the world. And uh, that year specifically, we said in 2019, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. And then we just began to fix our eyes, not on that which is trying to captivate our attention, but on, on really our affection to the Lord our God. And in that, God began to awaken the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah in the heart of the church, and that the enemy would roar and try and create havoc and destruction. But God would overtake the roar of the enemy by the prophetic roar of God that would be awakened in the body of Christ. We began to to declare that in the midst of that. And I, it's really got my attention as I'm just paying attention. The Lord's wanting us to walk in this space of encounter with him, constantly preparing us for questions that might be asked or situations that might be going on. It's his declaration to the Pharisees. Don't just judge the weather and the things you see in the natural. You should be discerning the times. We live from a different standard. And that's where I want us to really engage today as we just focus in. We're, we're talking about what it is to live in this abundant life, which is the revelation of the year uh, for us and what it means to lay our lives down and experience God, die to ourselves, that his life would be awakened within us. And so today I, I want us to really look at what it means to worship in the face of worry. And you need to understand you either worship or you worry. You can't do both. The Bible says in Luke 18, men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means if you're fainting, you're not praying. And if you're praying, you're not fainting. If you're worrying, you're not worshiping. And if you're worshiping, you're not worrying. We want to address the spirit of fear and go to the root of the spirit of fear that God is breaking in the church in this hour where we actually learn to live by revelation rather than practical information because the spirit of God has something to say about every situation we will ever walk into and we can be those kind of people. We actually are called by God to be those kind of people. Worship is this place of fellowship and communion with God. And we're designed by God to dwell in this place of intimacy where we worship him as our way of life through this constant interaction. Like right now, you should be experiencing that. I mean, I just, I need to ask from the standpoint of the loving conviction of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you picked up your Bible and read it? Are you consistent in exploring what it means to live in a conversational relationship with God? This is not about a religious obligation or a religious duty that we're trying to get you to perform. We're wanting people to learn what it means to live in this constant state of communication with the Lord their God. 
And I challenge you to give some consideration to how you might take a step forward in all of this, particularly right now in what the Lord is doing in sharpening our senses because something unique is taking place. And, and it's a strategic time for us as a church. And I want to point this uh, verse of Scripture in 2 Timothy. Here's Paul declaring to his spiritual son, Timothy. It's an incredible text of Scripture. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then I want to go back and just address a little bit of it from a few different standpoints, but 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. How I many know we need to be reminded? We need to rehearse, come back over and over again. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. One translation says to fan into flame the gifts that are in you through the laying on of my hands. This is about impartation and stirring that which the Holy Spirit imparts within us supernaturally. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. Fan into flame or stir up those gifts, for God has not given us this spirit of fear. Fan into flame the impartation from heaven. Learn to live according to the impartation of heaven, not in a constant state of panic and fear over what you may be seeing with your natural eyes. Now, I, I was just praying into this a bit, and I felt like the Lord was pointing something out. I think it's kind of interesting, because some of you, I mean, how many of you would agree we've been through a pretty complicated, difficult two years? It's been rather uh, complicated, to say the least. A lot of people may be feeling really dry. And in a time of feeling dry, how many of you know in Oklahoma we understand something Maybe a little more than some other states. California would understand this <clears throat> to another level. But have you, have you seen those elevated fire dangers that start to get communicated whenever things are really dry? In other words, when things are really dry, it's the perfect condition for the fire to begin to blaze. Fan into flame those gifts and anointings that are in you by the laying on of my hand. I don't, I don't know how dry you may be feeling, but it might actually position you to be a prime candidate for something like this weekend. Fuel the fire. How many of you want the fire of God to be burning bright in your heart? I mean, we ought to be, the Bible describes us as the burning ones. Wesley used to preach, and John Wesley, and, and, and they People would ask him, how do you get so many people coming in these crowds to hear you preach? And, and he just said, I just come and burn and people come to watch me burn. <laughs> I mean, I just want to burn. How about you? I want to experience what it is God desires to reveal. And as I was praying into this further this morning, just what I was to say to challenge you and encourage you that we would truly make a priority of the coming weekend, hear the cry of my heart, the cry of your pastor, the cry of spiritual authority in all of our lives, of our eldership structure, and what God's desiring for us to understand as a church family. There is something of impartation that I believe God wants us to possess in this particular hour. And Paul was telling Timothy, I carried something spiritually for you. I imparted that into you. Now, Fan that into flame. And what you need to understand is Steve Uppel is coming from England 
to be with us this weekend, Saturday morning from 9 to noon, and then Sunday in both of our services. Uh, I just started kind of looking back to what I've known of Steve over the years that we've been friends. He ministered right alongside Reinhard Bonnke, was a part of his board, sat on the platform with him at his million-person conclusion in Africa as he did his farewell service. Um, he, he's been connected to the heavenly man. If you've ever read the book, he recently spoke at a conference for our All Nations Network and what that really uh, looks like. Todd White. Anybody ever heard of Todd White? Todd White. It was kind of crazy, but <clears throat> Todd White spoke for Pastor Steve a few years ago. The week before, I went over and spoke for Pastor Steve in a conference, and then I came back and I went to, um, what is it in Dallas, the college down there? CF and I, and I spoke to the students to realize that while I was in England, Todd White had actually come back to the U.S., and he was speaking to the students, and I was kind of trailing him as I realized, how many of you know stuff like that is significant? I was speaking in a church in New Mexico, and as I'm speaking, there's this guy kind of midway back, and he's just so loud, and it began to be a distraction to me, and I really had to block him out. He was like, got down on his knees, and I could hear him, you know, and I didn't know, is he just being this cantankerous old guy back there? what and afterwards somebody came up to me and they said uh, I forgot to mention to you when you're preaching you're going to hear that guy uh, he actually was the armor bearer to Smith Wigglesworth and walked with Smith Wigglesworth as Smith would raise people from the dead and do miraculous signs and wonders and I said bring him up here please and I had that man come and lay his hands on me and I just said Lord let the fire of God begin to be awakened within my heart and that man began to pray over me and release something of impartation come on I believe we need to, to explore and discover when those moments in time exist that we pull something out of the people that God has put in our path and I believe it is significant what God is wanting to impart to us this next weekend not just information I'm not a up here giving you a commercial. I'm speaking from a deep sense of conviction that God wants to activate the church on a level where we have never known or understood, and we are the people. Now is the time. I'm hungry for more. <laughs> Fan into flame those gifts and anointings that are in you. I want, you to, I want to just make sure we all understand as we prepare our hearts to receive. <clears throat> it's important for me to say, as Paul did to the Corinthian church, prepare your generosity in advance. And I want to ask you to begin to consider what God would have you sow. We don't talk a lot about tithes and offerings in our church. You, you, you know that. We have giving stations on the back. We don't pass the place. And we don't do you know, offering sermons every week like was the old school day. But sometimes I need to just take a, an intentional approach and say to the body of Christ, this, God's entrusting this ministry to our care. I want you to come prepared to sow and give into this ministry. How many of you know we don't want to just receive a blessing? We want to be a blessing. So you pray and ask the Lord what he would have you do. And we'll have that opportunity. You can do it this week if you want in advance. But we'll have that opportunity both Saturday morning and Sunday where we just pause and just invite people to go online, give, or bring a check for the giving station however you'd like. Fan into flame. I, just, I, I want to receive whatever the Lord wants us to receive and stir that up. Fan into flame those gifts that are in you by the laying on of my hands. For God didn't give you a spirit of fear. We do need to understand we're not just dealing with 
remote anxiety in our society. We're dealing with the spirit of fear. I just felt the Lord was saying to me a few months ago that in this three-week period of time that we had between our 40-day focus and our fuel the fire, that I was to address the spirit of fear, that we would understand what it is to be people in covenant with God who know how to worship and choose not to worry, not because there's not something to worry about, but because God is so much bigger than anything that could try and captivate the resource of our imagination. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I'm releasing power, love, and a sound mind over God's people today. Fear is a spirit that works to move believers away from worship into worry. Fear is a spirit that's trying to sift your imagination away from the vastness of God into a focus of something that will hold uh, your emotions in a place of steady distraction and you'll never step into more of what God wants you to do in your spirit if you don't understand this. You, you realize the first human reaction to sin was fear. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They sin against God. They're walking in this beautiful state of communication and worship and interaction with God. And what do they do? They sin. And the first thing Adam says to God, I heard you, but I was afraid. The first human reaction to sin or disconnection from worship is worry. This is, this is important that we comprehend and understand how the Lord reveals this in Scripture. Jesus then, the second Adam, came to redeem and reverse this order, initiating the unstoppable restoration of fellowship in the face and in the place of fear. He restored worship in the place of worry so that we might rise up and be everything God's called us to be in this constant state of interaction with the Holy Spirit revealing what He's desiring for us to see and know. That we we would see the invisible. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. We spent a whole year looking at that and evaluating that. God's given you spiritual eyes. God's given you spiritual ears. That's why Jesus in the Bible said, you who have ears, hear. Everybody had ears, but not everybody had ears. Do you hear what I'm saying with the ears I'm talking about? I mean, I hope you will. The spirit of fear is part of the devil's plan to steal, kill, and destroy. The spirit of fear wants to steal, kill, and destroy. What is he trying to steal, kill, and destroy? He's trying to steal your peace. He's trying to kill your confidence. And he's trying to destroy a good night's sleep. Where you lay awake at night fretting. But the Bible actually says when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. I'm assigning to your bedroom tonight, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. I'm assigning to your rest tonight, if you'll just receive it and say amen, when you lie down tonight, your sleep will be sweet. In the name of Jesus, I'm not up here giving you a positive message. There's something of faith working in my heart and substance being released in this room out of the very heart of God as we awaken something together more than our little religious patty cake ceremony and we understand we didn't come to experience worship. We came to encounter God. Yeah. 
Someone messaged me not too long ago, and they said, you know, with everything going on, uh, we put our tithe back, but we, we're holding it in savings just to be safe. And they were messaging me saying, the Lord's convicting me about this because if I don't put seed in the soil, even if I'm holding back, it'll never take root, it'll never grow. Where's the protective hand of God? And they said, we're just going to trust God. We're going to go ahead and trust God. You understand, giving is worship. That's what our giving is about. When you give, it's an act, an expression of worship. Either you worship or you worry. And if you worry, you don't give. And if you worship, you will give. I mean, do you understand? God is wanting us in a time when there are all kinds of questions going on. I, I don't know if you've watched the stock market this last week, but you can start to feel a little weak need when you watch what's going on in the stock market and the attack that's taking place with Russia and the prices that seem to be going up and inflation is here. And how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? We are going to lift up those hands that hang down and give the Lord our God celebration and praise every step step of the way, giving thanks in every situation that ever comes our way, because the Lord our God will take care of us. We will have no fear of bad news, because we've settled in our hearts, Jehovah God will take care of us. Psalms 112, the living Bible. God's constant care for you will make a deep impression on all who see it, and you'll have no fear of bad news, because you've settled in your minds, Jehovah God will take care of you. Isn't that beautiful? That's the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by that word that gets seeded in our lives. And I just release over you in Jesus' mighty name, confidence. The fear of the Lord is a confidence. Yeah. You need to understand, when the spirit of fear takes control of your life, it's when you have concluded you have no ability to influence the circumstances in which you are in. And that is not true. I said it last week. You and I are people in covenant with God. We're actually not supposed to just stand on the planet and echo the concerns of culture and declare the sentiments of society. You and I, rather than to stand here and criticize, are anointed to prophesy. It takes no anointing and no faith to criticize. It takes a brokenness and an availability to the Lord our God to prophesy. So why don't you rise up and prophesy to your future instead of just leaving it in the, in the hands of chance? I hope it all works out. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Who are you, son? and daughters of God it's not that there's nothing to fear it's just that fear won't serve you well when you step into and begin to dance with the spirit of fear you start grasping at things to comfort you I'm going I'm to put this in savings and hold on to it just in case you're grasping at something to comfort you. I, I need some more hand sanitizer. I'm going to grasp. As, I need some toilet paper. Somebody give me some toilet paper. If I can just clutch some toilet paper, I'll feel safer. The spirit of fear will not serve you well. God's love will serve you well because perfect love casts out all God's love will serve you well. There's a confidence you can have in the love of your Father if you learn this conversational relationship and interaction with the Lord your God. 
the Bible speaks of challenges that will come our way and how we are to respond. And it's interesting, as we've stepped into the season that we're in now, when we go back and evaluate what God has been choosing to reveal in advance, he's been revealing a very powerful, deep revelation of the table of the Lord. How many of you think it's pretty important that we're experiencing the table of the Lord and the way we're living and the way we're loving and the way we're serving? I mean, this is a revelation God's trying to activate in everybody in the church. Everybody should be influenced by the revelation of the table. You hear me mention, and, and thank God for the Destiny Table New York, very excited about families that are coming around the table together, growing deep in fellowship with God, but that's just the way of life that we all need to be exploring and experiencing, what it means to really commune with God and really commune with others as our way of life. Whether you actually lead a table out of your home or not is irrelevant. The revelation of the table should be shaping our disposition in every way. You hearing what I'm saying? This is the revelation the Lord began to stir in this particular hour of the church, and we need to pay close attention to what it is that he's desiring to say. Because the Bible actually speaks of getting into the presence of our enemies at the table of the Lord. In the presence of challenge, we what? Take a seat at the table of the Lord. You don't run. You don't freak out. What do you do? You sit down with the Lord, and he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. I just sit and commune with God. I love this reality of, of what's actually being spoken here. And it's such a powerful reality uh, as we start to explore and look at this. I want us to, to actually bring a declaration together as a family. Will you just awaken something of faith as we say this portion of scripture together? Just open your Bibles to Psalms 23. I want us to pray this together. I want us to say it out loud together. I want us to make a declaration of Psalms 23 together as a family. Come on, let's say it. Let's declare it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Such an important statement. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of God forever. God prepares a table when the challenges come our way. When there's sickness in your body, take a seat at the table. When your child is strung out and you're hoping God reaches them, take a seat at the table. When the financial challenges have come your way, 
Get before the Lord. Get into the Word. Spend time at the table of the Lord. When the enemy's trying to tear down your life and destroy your legacy right in the middle of the challenge, Jesus invites you to the table, and this is what he says, I want you to eat your way out of this difficult situation. Come and sit at the table. And this is a beautiful picture, actually. I don't know if you've ever read that verse in Isaiah 10, 27. I believe it's the New American Standard Version that says, uh, the anointing has made you fat. Just look at your neighbor. (laughs) The anointing has made you fat. What in the world? The anointing has made you fat. And when you study out what's being revealed, there's this challenge taking place and this prophecy being revealed where uh, it's the analogy of an ox and the ox that has a yoke that will fit. How many of you know a yoke can be a bondage in our lives? And that ox has a yoke that can fit. And the prophecy is being declared by the prophet Isaiah as he breaks that yoke and says, because of the anointing, you've grown fat. And that yoke that used to fit on you no longer fits. You've come out of something that you'll no longer go back to because you're bigger now than you ever were. And the bondage then doesn't hold you captive now because the anointing has made you fat. Come to the table of the Lord and let the Lord begin to enlarge you on the inside and take you to bigger, better places. I've seen people allow circumstances and situations to take their imagination captive. And they grow mad at God. And they push away from the table and they stop eating. And do you understand what a trick of the enemy that is? If the enemy can get you in a state of confusion where you're spiritually starving yourself, you are easy prey. Don't push away from the table. Whatever you do, don't stop eating in the presence of the Lord. Don't move away from the table of the Lord. When when, when something we want to change doesn't change, then we move into fear and frustration rather than remaining in faith. When that happens, we're focused on what we wanted God to change rather than on the very heart of God. And when we get focused on what we want from God instead of the very heart of God, love starts to get dismissed. We start to be reduced to people who lack intimacy with God and are driven by a problem that is holding our lives and our minds' attention. Do you understand the danger of what I'm talking about? When you focus on something you want to see change and you do not see it change and then you get angry at God and you step away from the table of the Lord, now you lack intimacy. You're no longer a child of God walking in intimacy with God. You've been reduced to a person with a problem who's demanding God to do something so that you then can feel better about how you're feeling about God. I just want you to know God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we can ask or imagine, but our hearts are fixed on him regardless of what we see. regardless of what we don't see we're not going to be angry at God pushing away from the table because the place for us to dwell and live and thrive is to be right at the table of the Lord listening to the heart of God 
When you get anxious and you get fearful, even when you get angry, what happens to your heart rate? It starts to increase. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come back up. When you get anxious, fearful, or angry, your heart rate increases. You move into a disposition of reaction when you're in that frame of mind. Anybody ever pinched somebody's head off because you were in that frame of mind? Your heart rate was up, something was going on, you were frustrated, and somebody stepped in at the wrong time. Some of y'all happened this morning, I understand. You understand what I'm saying, though? I mean, your heart rate's up, and you're just in this framework, this mindset of reaction. The devil wants you to live in that place. God doesn't. He doesn't want you to live in a framework of reaction. God wants you to live in a place of response. And I thought about just the beautiful picture. You know, again, when, when Tracy and I walked through the process of having children, you know, both girls... I had very different experiences with both the girls. And Lexi was born prematurely, kind of the size of a sweet potato. I'd hold my hand. I mean, she was really small. There were a lot of things that had, I mean, we had to use a dropper and a finger to get her to swallow in her tiny little body before they would let us take her home from the hospital. We went through all kinds of hospitalization craziness. But one of the most impactful moments of my entire life happened in one of the most painful situations I ever had to endure with my little bitty baby girl. Here we were now back in the hospital again after I don't know how many times. And they came in and they said, we need to examine the baby's breathing patterns and heart rate. So we're going to hook her up and we're going to need you to leave her in the bed even when she cries. All night long. I mean, you know, daddy's heart broke in that moment. I mean, I started thinking about this. And no matter what I thought, it wasn't preparing me for what we were going to encounter through the course of the night when she would be uncomfortable. All these calipers and everything all over her tiny little body. And they could see the look in my face. I mean, you you can tell a dad one thing, but get a dad to obey is another. They could see the look in my face. And so the doctor said, I I probably need to explain to you why this is so important. Otherwise, you're going to disregard what I've told you. And I said, yeah. He said, if you pick her up and you hold her close, she'll stop crying. And she'll start to imitate you in ways that we can't even fully understand. But physiologically, child in the arms of her father will start to breathe like her dad her breathing pattern will slow she'll start her heartbeat will actually pick up on your heartbeat and her heartbeat will slow down he said if you pick her up and hold her in moments that we're needing to monitor her we're going to be monitoring you more than we're monitoring her let me just tell you that night was full of tears for me as a dad, I knew I had to be devoted to just letting her cry it out. I would console as best I could. And I wanted to pick her up. But all night long, I just kept thinking. Every time she would begin to cry, I just kept thinking. This is what happens with us and the Father. Like, He actually does pick us up. We start to pick up on His breathing rhythm. 
his heartbeat starts to become our heartbeat. Rather than living in this framework of reaction, we cultivate a response and the very heartbeat of the Father begins to function through us. We worship. Or we worry. We don't do both. God is inviting us to deeper place of fellowship with Him. It's a beautiful season of the church. He's inviting us into deeper places of awareness of His presence, deeper places of encounter with God. Do you sense it? Like, you're going to start to notice stuff and you turn the page. You're going to be like, how did I get right here in this moment, this aligning with whatever it is? You're going to start to have answers formulated in your brain and in your heart before a question is asked in your direction you're gonna it's gonna be on your heart to pray very specifically for family members that are suddenly going to have the attention of the Lord stirring in their heart being awakened in mighty and amazing ways some of you you understand your children are young enough they've not yet grown to that place where they're making decisions on their own I just want you to know that is a really significant moment in their life that God purposed they would be at that age when he's pouring out what he's pouring out in this hour of the church, your sons and daughters, they are going to prophesy. Come on, let's stand together. I want to ask you this week to really pray for the weekend. You might just take that hand out on your seat and just take it as a reminder. We're not going to need these after this. So take it, stick it in your Bible, put it somewhere all week long, just begin to pray. I've been praying a specific prayer out of Ephesians 3, 16 and 17, if you want to join me on that. It's a beautiful, beautiful declaration. The Passion Translation has been my, my focal point. It's my prayer for all of us in the, into, uh, coming into this weekend. But that God would unveil within us. Would you just receive this? I pray, Lord, that God would unveil within us the eternal riches of God's favor and glory until supernatural strength floods our innermost being with divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using our faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand what you're doing is so much bigger than a gathering in a moment or a weekend that we plan for. You're calling us to participate in the eternal nature of God. That only happens through the first access point of the cross of Jesus Christ. Salvation happens in a moment, and then we learn lordship for the rest of our lives. Help us, Lord, to walk that out in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, Jesus came, he lived, he died, but he's risen from the grave. He invites us into a true place of life. He became sin so that 
you and I could become the righteousness of God. We needed to be redeemed from the fallen nature of Adam that was alive within us. And now if we are willing to accept Jesus Christ, the redeemed nature of Christ begins to function within us in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe that and declare that, let's give him celebration and praise today. We just receive Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord. We invite your presence in our lives. Take us deeper, oh God, we pray. Take us into the deep treasures of your life. Awaken the eternal treasures of God within us, we pray, oh God. You can't go to church because you are the church. And I want to challenge you this week. Go be the church everywhere you go. Pay attention because God is awakening some conversations that are taking place in the people around you. And, and it's no coincidence during this time that we put these cards out. And they're in the lobby everywhere. That you could begin to take those and pray for people that are within your reach. And when the moment of grace happens where that invitation into a place of understanding faith takes place then that's a great opportunity for you to invite them on this faith journey. Maybe even invite them to the weekend or the church or whatever that looks like. But pay attention to whatever the Lord is doing. People are being drawn to Him. Isn't that crazy? Oklahoma City is going to meet Jesus in a way Oklahoma City has never met Jesus before in this next season of the church. I, I'm convinced that is true. And we are here in this time. I'm declaring that over every community represented with our online family. Oneonta, New York, we command in Jesus' mighty name the kingdom of God will invade your city and begin to awaken hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. We're declaring that God's kingdom is here. Come on, let's press in. Let's take some time just to pray. Our worship, uh, I'm sorry, prayer teams, they're going to be available right at the back during this time. If you want to give, find the giving station, do that out of worship. There's communion at the back of the center section. If you want to just go and declare the broken body, shed blood of Jesus is awakening something new within my own heart. If we can pray with you about anything that's stirring, if there's a prodigal son or daughter that we can agree with you about, come on, let's press in and take just a few moments of worship before the Lord our God and release something to the atmosphere as we worship Him.